Welcome to episode 138 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, joined as always by Paul Herman. How you doing, Paul? I'm still not, I'm not, I'm still not doing great from Spider-Man Fallout, but, but that being said, there is a lot of good on the horizon. A lot of good. Absolutely. There's a lot to talk about, and of course, we're going to be discussing all the news, all the new announcements, whether it's additions to projects we already knew about or brand new projects we had no idea existed from D23 Expo last weekend. That's what we're going to be getting into in this episode. We will be addressing Kevin Feige slash Tom Holland, but mainly Kevin Feige's comments regarding what we uh, what we talked about last week, the Spider-Man deal falling through between Disney and Sony uh, attempts to uh, extend the agreement, the sharing agreement that they thus far have not uh, have not resulted in a new deal. So we will be addressing that, but that's going to be in our Patreon credit scene exclusive to our Patreon. For more information on that, stay tuned for later in the show or just check out patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. So to go through all of this stuff from D23 Expo, Paul, we're going to start with the brand new series for Disney Plus, because we found out about three of them this weekend during the Disney Plus presentation on Friday at D23 Expo. The first one that was announced was Miss Marvel, and I am really excited to hear about this show existing. And Kevin Feige, after it didn't take him long, after he announced this, he did quickly say that Kamala Khan is going to have a part to play in the film. She's not being... For any concern that maybe she's being sidelined to TV or any of those things and not going to be a prominent player in the MCU, it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. That's not my impression. I think the reason why you have this character in a Disney Plus series is because you and I read, I think this was a Marvel Unlimited Book Club episode a while ago. Didn't we do the first arc for Kamala Khan with her origin? Yeah, so being familiar with that story, it's a very small-scale story. And it's very much about this 16-year-old girl, Kamala Khan, getting her powers. And she's in high school. We're dealing with her school life, her family life, her life with her friends and and her community. There's all these little things going on. And what was so great about that initial run, and and not just that those first six issues, but everything after that, is actually how small and intimate the storytelling was. And you could spend a lot more time on those kinds of details. And that's what you can do in a Disney Plus series that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do uh, in a movie where the expectation is that things are going to move much more quickly. So I actually think this is not a bad place at all for Kamala. I think this is actually a really good place for this character to start. And then we, of course, will see this character uh, on the big screen because the promise of these series is, and it's not just for Miss Marvel, it's for all of them, is that this is not Netflix 2.0. This is not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or any of those other things or Runaways or whatever where you have these other Marvel television series. Some of them are even talked about as being part of the MCU, but they don't really have any impact on the movies. These, we are told, are going to have an impact on the movies. And since Kevin Feige is the one telling us this, I'm inclined to believe him. And he's the one who's producing these series. He's ma- Marvel Studios, they're the ones making this series. So I think this is really awesome news, and I can't wait to see Kamala Khan on Disney+. Plus. This is going to be a very interesting thing because with Disney Plus, all bets are off. I've I've gone and talked a lot about it for Star Wars. I've gone on record saying that Disney Plus is going to change Star Wars. I think it's going to be a more focused, uh, more of a TV thing than a movie thing going forward. With Marvel, it's a lot different. And 
it could go so many different directions. And this is where I think is very fascinating what they're doing with this because they truly are going with a more connected universe than they are with obviously the Hulu and the Netflix and the, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is probably, is arguably the, you know, is still close, closer than the other ones at this point, um, though they kind of veered off into their own thing. That being said, with with all these all these things are doing, it's it's very fascinating what they're going to do and how what what that means. And I I didn't I was not aware of the quote Sean about Kevin Feige talking about Miss Marvel and explaining that this is she's not going to be re, uh, relegated to just yeah TV. he didn't say, he didn't say yeah he didn't say it like that he just said and she will be you know she will be in the films like she will be featured in the film so just confirming that because I think he knew I mean he said it. Pretty much right after he announced the series, he said, like, we're going to introduce, we're going to have Kamala Khan here, and then we're also going to see her in the movies. And I think the reason he said that right away is he probably anticipated that some people would have that question and say, wait a minute, so Miss Marvel doesn't get to be in the movies? And I think the reason why people feel that way is because of the Netflix stuff, because people feel like, well, we heard about, we had a Daredevil show and Jessica Jones and everybody else, but they never got to play in the movies. The difference between all of those things, though, is that... Marvel Studios didn't make those series. Marvel Studios is making these series because we've heard the whole I think that's why even when Kevin Feige says that these series are going to play into the movies, I think for some people see it, it's it's not going they're not going to believe it until they actually see it and I think that's because of the Netflix stuff and even Agents of Shield back in the old it's all connected type of era where that just that didn't really play out in the way that a lot of people thought it would or maybe hoped that it would. So I understand why people saying that, that or people feeling like Kevin Feige saying these things isn't necessarily enough, but at the same time there is a huge difference in that these these series are not going to have the same logistic uh the same issues in terms of logistics when it comes to uh being able to work alongside the movies and have Whatever's happening in these series play a role in what's going to happen in the movies. There's mm-hmm. uh, that issue is is not the same here, and of course, as I said, you get back to that point. It's Marvel Studios actually making these series, and they didn't make the Netflix shows. They don't make Agents of Shield, and they haven't been making any of the Marvel TV shows. Although they were pretty heavily involved in Agent Carter, and right. guess what? That's the one who actually had a character who debuted there, make it into the movies. Yeah, and and so with all that said, I obviously you know these these. These are these TV series are basically to build up these characters and make them have meaningful appearances in the films. And I think that's and think that's awesome. And, you know, as I've, we've talked about this before, just because they have a TV series doesn't mean they couldn't have a film later on as well. These, oh, right. these are these are basically, as far as we know, miniseries. And this is where I think the genius of doing these series, Sean, really comes into play. And, and, I, and, I, and you know, every, I, when I say genius, I. I'm being serious. And you guys know I'm not one I'm not a hyperbole guy as far as like giving this out to everybody. And I, I definitely criticize Marvel as you've seen me online today, uh <laughs> criticize things and whatnot. But bear with it with me here. I really think this is a genius move because here's mm-hmm. the, the beauty of it. You don't have to say this is season one. No, right? no it's a miniseries. And you can yep. do whatever you want afterwards. And if you think that, like, you know what? Like, for instance, Miss Marvel, let's say hypothetically does so well you're like we can make this we can make we can make her into a movie and really like right make it a higher budget bring in a bunch of people you don't have to make a season two so it's perfect well you i mean you could make miss marvel that something that turns out to be season one but let's just say miss marvel series one followed by miss marvel movie one 
followed by Miss Marvel series two, followed by Miss Marvel movie two. I mean, you can go back and forth from series to movies with the way Marvel Studios has this structure now. And here's the other thing, though, that I actually think is where Miss Marvel might be an example of this be of the Disney Plus series. And another way that these can be very valuable. What's one type of story that people don't really want Marvel to tell anymore? Well, the origin story, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now the origin story doesn't ha- necessarily have, at least not for every character, it doesn't have to get told on the big screen, but you can still have it. Because I think for a character like Kamala Khan, the origin is really important. Not how she gets her powers. I'm not talking about her being an Inhuman. I don't even know that she's going to be an Inhuman in the MCU because they don't have know, anything yeah. set up for Inhumans. And when she became an Inhuman... I mean, being inhuman, her powers are Cree-related. With the Captain Marvel connection, you can still have her get her powers through some Cree situation. It doesn't necessarily have to be through being an inhuman, because that's only been addressed on television, and it hasn't been in in the movies whatsoever. So I don't necessarily know that they're going to go into that part of it. The more important piece of this is not so much how Kamala Khan gets her powers, but who she is and what she does when she actually gets those powers and the things that matter to her. And you can spend a lot of time focusing on that, as well as the the process of discovering her powers. Because it's actually really funny, and it's a really fun part of those books as she's discovering her powers and being like, holy crap, Like I can do all this stuff now. Like You can spend time doing that, where some of those beats might feel a little too familiar if you just go in the typical three-act structure of a superhero origin film. But now you can really play with the structure, because you're not telling this story over the course of two hours, you're telling the story over the course of maybe six hours, and you can spend. And you, it's not so much about just the regular mechanics of here's our hero, here's how they get their powers, here's them discovering the powers. Now they encounter the villain and they lose, and now they go up against the villain again. And guess what? This time they win! Yay! Roll credits. Like it doesn't have to be that structure. You can totally change it up with this series, and it's a great way for the people who really want to know. You know, whoever, I mean, I'm not saying that you absolutely must watch the Disney Plus series in order to keep up, because I know there's that question, too. I don't see it as being any different than the team-up yeah. films being more popular than the solo films. Guess what? A lot of people who didn't see Avengers Endgame, or a lot of people who saw Avengers Endgame, hadn't seen an Ant-Man movie in their life. So, I mean, just based on the box office numbers alone, unless everybody who went and saw Endgame somehow caught up to the Ant-Man movies elsewhere, which is possible, uh, but... I think Marvel knows how to balance this already in terms of, you know, if you don't see Miss Marvel's Disney Plus series, you're still going to get the, or for any other character, you're going to get the beats that you need to know told back to you when you go see the, you know, when you see this character pop up on the big screen. But I think this is kind of the best of all worlds with uh, with Miss Marvel having this series. And I'm also just really excited, and, and this cannot be discounted, uh, I should say the, the name of the showrunner is uh, Bisha K. Ali, but I, I'm just really excited that Kamala Khan is going to be on Disney, or well, not just on Disney Plus. I'm just excited that we're going to get to see this character. We've been banging the drum for this character, and a lot of people have. It's not like it's been us, but like a lot of people have been really wanting to see this character. I know she's still relatively new. She's only a handful of years old at this part, at this point in the comic books. But she's coming up on being about six years old in the comic books since she debuted. But she made a very big and very fast impact on mm-hmm. on Marvel Comics and. I consider her to be one of the best comic book characters that's been created in my lifetime. And I've been really wanting to see her uh, show up in, in the MCU. And so I'm just thrilled that she's going to do that. I had the, the same reservations that I know some people, that I've seen some people have about this. I shared some of those reservations initially 
uh, in that in terms of that same logic, that same thinking of, I don't know if I want Miss Marvel to, when we started finding out that Marvel was going to make Disney Plus series, and then the suggestion of, well, maybe that's how they would do Miss Marvel, I did have those same reservations of thinking that, well, if they do a Disney Plus series, does that mean she's not going to be in the movies? But that's not what it's going to mean. If it turns out to mean that eventually, and we don't see these series really having an impact on the movies, and we don't see somebody like Kamala Khan uh, debuting on Disney Plus and then going on to having a featured role in the in the films and possibly even still having her own solo films at some point, if those kinds of things happen uh, or don't come to fruition in the way that it seems that I think they're going to now, then I would be I will absolutely criticize Marvel Studios for that. But right now, I'm trusting in, in what they're telling us because they usually deliver on the things that they say they're going to, and so mm-hmm. it's just the excitement of Miss Marvel of Kamala Khan actually emerging in this universe. I have a lot. That's, it's funny because. I, I have a lot to say about what Kevin's building, but I'm gonna, if you don't mind, Sean, I want to save that to the end because there's a lot, oh, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to digest, and I kind of I love what they're building, but we're, I want to kind of talk about oh, that yeah. more at the end. But yeah, yeah no, but we'll we'll sum we'll sum all this stuff up at the at the end. Um, yeah, but, so, but yeah, I, I'm excited about Miss Marvel. I, yeah. I like the character. I to be honest, the, I haven't dove back into her comics because the the art hasn't always been great to me, and that's always the defining thing for. Any comic I read, unless it's a character that I'm like diehard and dedicated to, like a Spider-Man, Moon Knight, or Daredevil, and even Daredevil. But even Daredevil is trying my patience right now. I'll be honest. But that being said, that first run of Miss Marvel is really, really good. I I remember I really I read it the first or most of it though when it came out. Mm -hmm. I read it again for our our book club. If you don't, obviously, people, if you haven't checked it out, we have a Patreon. Uh, Discord book club. We review those yeah. comics. Although I'm this sure. uh, that episode is not on our Patreon because that that oh. book yeah that book club predated. I'm pretty sure oh. that one predated it, didn't it? I'm not sure. Well, either way, yeah, maybe yeah. I can't yeah. guarantee off the top of my head that that one is definitely on there. I would try to look that up before but, we uh, before we yeah, close this show. You reviewed it. I liked it. So, yeah, but yeah, we definitely yeah we definitely yeah. discussed it, and I ended up yeah I really enjoyed it, and I kept up with the character. I'm probably about a year ish behind on her on her books right now, but I've mostly kept up with uh, what's been going on with Kamala Khan, and she's Is just art been, better. Um, I mean, well, now we're talking about a lot of comics, so in some yes, and some no. <laughs> Got so, you. Fair, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so. Well, I'm sure you'll tell us in a couple in a couple months. Here, we'll have more Miss Marvel comics to read. But I'm actually, yeah. let me know which ones are the good ones because I want to read more. But I just sometimes I look at that art. And I'm like, it's too cartoony. It's it's a little too zany. Like a like a you know that's my main problem. I know it's a comic books, but mm. I like a little more realism. A little bit more. But yeah, but yeah, for the most part, I'm 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 really excited to get uh, dive into the character. Yeah, no, she's she's a lot of fun, and there's plenty of reading. If you do subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, there's plenty of uh, Kamala Khan material in there. And yeah, and I'm scrolling through our book club episodes since we started making it a Patreon feature, and I'm not seeing Miss Marvel. So, uh, but it might be somewhere in our archives on the show. I'm honestly not 100 percent sure. Uh, but anyway, if it's not, I'll find it and I'll get it posted somewhere. Um, now, moving on to the next series that was announced, Miss Marvel. As great as that news was. It didn't get to be a surprise during the mm-hmm. show because it got scooped. I right as I Weep. sat down uh, for the Disney Plus presentation, I saw um, I was with a friend of mine, and, uh, and, I, and I was able to. And we he had showed me the uh, he showed me the Hollywood Reporter scoop of this Miss Marvel news, and I just remember thinking because we had just waited in line together, and I was just thinking, man. Why couldn't we just like hear that <laughs> during the thing? Like, I don't mind that much when 
yeah. when uh, con and, and other panel announcements and things like that get scooped. But in that case, because I had just sat down and ready to get whatever news was going to come out, uh, I was a little bummed to get the Miss Marvel uh, stuff right there. Um, but uh, we did get a couple of other surprises because Kevin Feige did not announce just one new Disney Plus series. He announced three. So after Miss Marvel, the next one to be announced was Moon Knight. And this one was an absolute shock to me. I uh, had yeah. not even the slightest inkling that Marvel Studios was even looking at Moon Knight. Not that there's anything wrong with Moon Knight to the point where I, I wouldn't <laughs> expect... It's not It's not an insult to Moon Knight to say, like, oh, well, I didn't think they would touch this one. Like, Moon Knight sucks. No, Moon Knight's awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah. we... We tend to hear at least something, at least like a rumor about Marvel Studios thinking about something that puts it on the radar. We tend to hear about those things in advance, even though a lot of that turns out to be crap. Uh, for Moon Knight, this one really comes out of nowhere, but it actually reminds... It's funny to think about Moon Knight, I mean, not because the character's funny, although, yeah, sometimes he is. Um, yeah. What's funny about it, though, what's funny about the situation is, remember when we started thinking about Netflix Phase 2? A few mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. it was everything. Okay, we got Daredevil, we got Jessica Jones, we've got Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Great. So phase two, it's got to be Blade. It's got to be Moon Knight. Yep. It's got to be Ghost Rider. And well, we don't have Ghost Rider in the, and for Marvel Studios. We do have Ghost Rider over on Marvel Television, getting his own series with Hulu. But here we are now with Mahershala Ali set to play Blade in a Marvel Studios movie, and now we get Moon Knight very firmly in the MCU with this Disney Plus series. And I am so excited about it. Paul, you tweeted as soon as that news broke that you could spend two hours talking about Moon Knight and the MCU. Eventually, that'll probably happen. Yes. Won't happen <laughs> on this show because we have so much more to talk about. But I yeah. know this news. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and take a wild guess here that this was the, exci- this was the announcement that excited you most. Uh, yes. This is something that, like you said, Sean, we had no idea. Nothing. This came out. I mean, we're talking... Nothing. Ne- this wasn't even like on a blip. I thought if Moon Knight would happen in, in the next like six years, maybe. And I was be- I was gonna patiently wait. And well, you know what made ex- me the only thing that made me think about it was um, Christopher Marcus, one of the writers of uh, well, it's yes. Marcus and McFeely who write the Avengers movies and the Cap movies, or the most recent two Avengers movies. He was talking about wanting to, or he just said he thinks like he thinks there would just be a really cool Moon Knight movie one day, and that was a character. He thought he just listed his characters he would be interested in if he were to write something else for Marvel. So when he said that, I thought, well, does that mean that it's on like hold, that it's on reserve until he until like Marcus and McFeely would want to come back and then they would do Moon Knight? So I didn't really because he was saying that publicly, he probably had no idea that this stuff was going on unless we find out that, you know, shocker, they're working on the show, which I don't think they are. But yeah, that, that was what made me think that it was probably a little further back on the list because if somebody's op- if somebody who's been working on Marvel movies is openly talking about it then maybe it's something that's not about to happen. Right. And also you know may- or maybe they're hinting like at that that you could think that too. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're right though. I don't think they probably maybe at that point when they said it they had no idea. We know Kevin Feige had mentioned it at one point that he wanted to do mm-hmm. he was interested in doing moon knight but you know, you hear him say that, say that about a lot of characters yeah. you know and he loves marvel comics he loves a lot of characters like there's yeah, exactly there's so, I mean, you know dozens of characters that kevin feige is interested in doing a project yeah. with. 
So you don't really take much of it. So I, I got to, if you don't mind, I, I would like to tell, tell you everyone what happened to me on Friday when I found out, because there's a little bit of a backstory. So Friday was my, my wife's birthday. I took the day off and I told her, I was like, listen, I'm going to be on my phone a little bit. It's a little bit of a heated, contentious thing for me, me being on my phone a bunch. And I said, listen, I'm not going to be on my phone a bunch, but just, you know, we're at your birthday, we're at the fair. I'm going to be on my phone and a little bit because their D23 is going to happen. Well, long something else happened at work. And I had took the day off, but ended up actually working from my phone at the fair. And I'm just like in a bad mood, angry, just kind of, ugh. And I'm just kind of like, in, in my, my wife's kind of mad at me because I'm like in a bad mood now. And I'm just kind of like, moping around. And I'm just like, ugh. I look on Twitter, Moon Knight. And I'm just like, I'm in this weird funk of anger. And I'm just like, but then it's like, what? And I'm just kind of in this really weird, like, state of, like, disbelief. And, like, I can't even tell you what it was like. It was the weirdest. It was a very strange moment for me. And I just kind of went to Twitter. I'm like, I can't breathe because I really couldn't. I'm like, I can't. What? Moon Knight? On Disney Plus? Yeah. Ah! I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, what? And, okay, there's a couple different emotions that are coming through me. One, I'm ecstatic. Two, but I'm also just like Disney Plus and not Hulu. And that, that also made me very excited because that means Moon Knight is going to have a big role in the MCU going right. forward. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know the the question mark of the, the Disney Plus question mark that you had there of like, really? Moon Knight? Disney Plus is because eh, some Moon Knight stuff can be r-rated or in the case of a television show or streaming series tvma for moon knight that's obviously not going to be on disney plus but in my mind moon knight doesn't have to be tvma doesn't have to be r-rated and i'll sacrifice a little bit of the tvma r-rated content in order to get moon knight as a player in the mcu proper as opposed to on marvel television like to me i think it's worth that trade-off because i don't think it's really that much of a trade-off i think a lot of the things that are interesting and cool and fun about moon knight are things that you can do in a pg-13 or whatever the streaming equivalent of that is uh you know tv-14 or whatever it is uh, you can actually you can have a lot of that same fun but just in case, uh, Paul, we are, we talked about who Kamala Khan is a little bit, although maybe I should recap that more specifically. Kamala Khan, well, no, I did go over. 16-year-old girl gets powers. She basically yes. can stretch similar to Mr. Fantastic with the Fantastic Four. Um, she is a, Kamala Khan is a Pakistani-American. She is she is a member of a Muslim family, and she gets her powers, and then she's dealing, and, but she's also got, she has to deal with everything with her family, to her faith, to her mm -hmm. friends, to her superpowers, and all those things, and also a super huge Carol Danvers fan. Uh, Paul, for those who, uh, for the benefit of the uninitiated, please yes. recap, who is Moon Knight? So Moon Knight is a very interesting character in, in that he's kind of evolved, I think, a lot in the last, I'd say, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So basically... Um, you could Moon argue Knight, even it, within the last like six to eight years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I give a little bit of credit to the '90s people, or you know. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm yeah. not not giving him credit. I'm just saying there's been he yeah, continu he continues yes. to evolve. 
Yeah, he does. And I and that's one of the, I think one of the benefits of having the character to be honest cuz he, he you can kind of mold them a lot in this. Uh basically Moon Knight is his character that he is originally Mark Spector. Mm-hmm. He's a mercenary. He was on a, a a bad like mission. He's basically all beat up, bloodied and he comes crawling into this like little like monastery weird thing in the middle of nowhere in the jungle or, or wherever he is, the desert uh, somewhere. And he winds up with uh this uh like kind of at like statue avatar thing where the God of the moon, I, and I'm going to butcher his name, Kanshu or Kanishu. I don't know. So this for, for the record, I don't, I, you know, me and pronouncing things aren't great, but we'll just call him the, he's the avatar of the moon God essentially. And he gives him powers and he become, he gives him basically the strength to kind of, you know, get back up, kill the people that pretty much were, you know, almost left him for dead and then he becomes the Moon Knight basically afterwards. And he, through saving this, uh, these people, he was uh, hired him, became one of them, one of the people he hired him on this original mission, became his girlfriend, went back to the States. And he basically had what, what in the original comics, he had three different identities in the original um, uh, Doug Monarch, uh, Monarch uh, run with Bill Sienkiewicz. And he had the Mark Spector, that's his original personality. He went under the guise of a rich billionaire or millionaire, whatever you prefer, Stephen Grant. He also went in uh, under the moniker of Jake Lackey around that, I think that's his name, uh, cab driver. And he would kind of go and learn about the underground. And so that's what they kind of, they put him as this, this person that had multiple identities that he would use to his advantage to fight crime and whatnot. And he was a little bit more violent. They kind of, you know, used him as a Batman kind of ripoff, essentially. Well, what ended up happening over the last, I'd say the last like 15 years, they really went with a different direction mm-hmm. where they really went with the whole psychological aspect of Moon Knight. And they really dug deep and really made him like essentially crazy. And to be honest, I, I love those original Moon Knight comics, but to me, I love the aspect of having a you know a, someone with a mental illness, a superhero with a mental illness who really can't help himself. And they really dive into the idea if Khonshu, the Moon God, is that person real? Is that person, or is that his figment of right. his imagination? And it's it, it. So many different writers have done it, and we'll we'll obviously dive deeper. But this is basically what he is. He's a vigilante. Yeah, he is ultra violent. Yeah, that is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the the mental illness that he's diagnosed with is dissociative dissociative identity disorder. Mm. So that used to be known as multiple personality disorder. Right. But, um. Although in some books they just there is some question as to whether or not he even has that. Um, exactly. So, or like, it's that conchu, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, what, what is it exactly? And so, uh, there is a little bit of mystery there. And even, yeah, there's always been, you know, the Moon Knight is is Marvel's Batman kind of comparison. But I think one of the coolest things about Moon Knight is that's counter to Batman. Nothing wrong with Batman. Batman's dope. Yeah. Oh, he's um, awesome. But where Batman wears black to not be seen, Moon Knight wears white so that they'll see him coming. And yes, uh, like, which is just. Such a cool thing about uh, about a and, character yeah. like that, and yeah, he deals with these things because the the thing about the moon god is the moon god. It's the job of the moon god to protect travelers of travelers in the night, and so that actually and Moon Knight essentially as the avatar of Khonshu is there to well. He's supposed to protect travelers in the night, but he's mainly avenging travelers yes. in the night who've been. Uh, who've been killed or assaulted or whatever Uh, but yes it can be extremely violent um, and there are books where that definitely plays a part in it 
obviously some of that will be toned down or not shown, I, I guess we could say. There are ways to be violent without actually showing it yes, to yes. skirt around ratings and things like that. Although even with violence right now, you can get away with a lot of stuff when it comes to violence. So, well, I, I think what I mean, what it we, won't be it, it. There won't be anything as graphic as what we see in some right. books. But it, I, I don't th- for people who think it's going to be completely sanitized, I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, I, I think there there is a there's a couple different directions they could go with, and you know they could go with the, the fact that he, you know they could go with the split personality route. But either way. I, what's really fascinating to me is I think this is going to be a very psychological series. Oh, totally. And I think that's what's really fascinating about this. And either way, it's just not – we haven't had that really in the MCU or even in any like superhero movie really out there that I can think of think of the top of my head. So I think, you know, Kevin Feige is going to, you know, you could go the route of he's just, you know, a, you know, this just mercenary guy and he's, you know, you could do a very basic approach but that doesn't seem very no. interesting. Well, and I don't think that's what they're going to do because exactly. clearly with WandaVision, they're setting up their ability to to just flat out be weird. Right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk about WandaVision later in the show, but just already looking at what they're doing there I don't expect them to steer away from the more psychologically complex aspects of Moon Knight. I actually think that's what attracted them to this. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. that's absolutely what they want to explore. And I think that is what's very interesting and very fascinating about the character. So I I don't think they're just going to try and say like, oh, this is just a vigilante who wears white. I don't think they're going that route. Will you see him do vigilante things while wearing white? Yeah, of course you will. But I don't think that's the main point of the show. And I don't, as I said, I just don't think that's what hooked them in the first place. And if I, and I, and well, I think the other thing, the other cool thing about the Disney plus shows is like, you don't have to worry as much about like how broad is the appeal of this thing? Because people are already subscribing to Disney plus. Yes. You still want people to want to watch it. But as we've seen in this streaming era that we live in now, People who maybe won't be quite as bold in their choices of of what they go see, what they pay to go see at a movie theater, they'll watch other things that they that's already part of a subscription that they're paying for. They're much more willing to watch and much more receptive to different kinds of stories and different kinds of characters from the comfort of their own home when the amount that the amount of time and effort that they have to invest to see the content is not quite as much. So for Marvel Studios, they should take advantage of that and they don't have to be quite not that they've ever really worried that much about being broad. They made Guardians of the Galaxy, they're making Eternals, but in the same way, in that same sense though, that they can be risky with the characters that they choose and the characters that they work with. They can take even more risks on Disney Plus, and I think Moon, uh, Moon Knight qualifies in that respect. Yeah, and I think another really cool idea what, what they're going to play with is that he's got a like he's actually in the last again you talk about the last six years, and I would agree with this. He's kind of evolved even from the costume wise. Before mm-hmm. he only had the just the, the the amazing, which I love Moon Knight's costume. Oh, by it's the great way. costume. Like, it's great. Like, but at the same time. He has two other newer costumes they put out in the last mm-hmm. like five, six years that are awesome too. There's a variation of that same kind of all white costume, but also the very basic and very, very cool, just this an all white suit with a white mask. Yeah. It looks like, incredible. Yeah. And when we say white suit, we don't mean white superhero suit, white, like business suit. Yeah, like exactly. Coat tie, the whole thing, but just all yeah. white. And yeah, it looks great. And I totally expect that. I, I expect a lot of that Warren Ellis stuff, especially visually, minus you know the the ultra violence. 
I think the you know the visual aesthetic, the costume. I expect that to show up in the series. I'd be shocked if it doesn't. Um, I, I also expect a more superhero-ish costume as well. I think they're going to play with all of those different things, and and I love it. I, I I'm so excited to see this, mm-hmm. and I love that we are seeing brand new characters. And now, who knows? We don't know how all this stuff works out. So. Maybe the first time we see any of these characters actually isn't Disney+. Plus. Maybe we see them in a post credit scene or in a cameo for one of the movies, and then you know it, it throws things off to their Disney Plus series, and then the Disney Plus series takes it from there. All of that stuff is possible, but one way or another, regardless of the order of things, the fact that we're getting so many new characters as a result of these Disney Plus series, and I love what it says, and we, I know we have another one to talk about, but I, I love what this says about the approach, Paul. Like, yes. This is not the spinoff show. Like, some characters, yes, yes you, you know, would qualify as kind of a spinoff from the movies because they didn't get their own movie, but they're getting their own Disney Plus series. But the fact that there are so many new characters, uh, like with this, with just with three announcements all in one, all in one shot at the at D twenty three Expo, that so many characters they're going to be able to get their own stories told in these Disney Plus series, and then that sets them up to to make their way into the movies if they haven't already. I just, I love that that approach, it, it, it goes from all angles, people who, you know, characters mm-hmm. who've been, had supporting roles in movies, get their own series, but even characters you've never seen before get to be in Disney plus shows. And then they get to go on and have either their own movies or be part of team ups or whatever. Yeah. I think this is where the genius of Kevin Feige is. And again, back to Miss Marvel moon Knight. And to be honest, I don't know if a moon Knight film would be the best way to do it. I think in a, in a, even I, I would think a, a Miss Marvel film could work better than a moon Knight film in a sense to where moon Knight, you if you want to go in that psychological in, in depth in that, mm-hmm. in that his world, it serves him better to have seven episodes where you can have right. and really show and explain the, the 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 problems he has mentally. Whereas you know Kamala Khan is a lot more straightforward and a lot more fun, and I think that right. that's probably a better feature film than a, than a Moon Knight. That's why I think it's brilliant because if Moon Knight just stays a, a, a miniseries or you know three seasons, I'm down with that. Like yeah. seriously, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah, no, and I, and I think what's great about this stuff for both Moon Knight and Kamala Khan, as I said, I'm not saying Kamala Khan wouldn't work extremely well just starting as a exactly. movie. She yeah. totally would. Be that Absolutely. would be great. At the same time though, knowing that character and knowing some of the things that her books have covered, you obvi- when you have more time, you can go into more detail and then it just comes to, it, it it goes into the question of do you actually need the movie? Do you need the movie budget to handle these characters? For Kamala Khan, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I want to see her in movies. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. But I think with these very high budgets that these shows are getting, I mean, look at The Mandalorian for production value and what some of these Disney Plus series are going to be getting. And I would imagine Marvel Studios will get a lot of that same treatment uh, and a lot of that same uh, funding. So if that's the level that we can expect from these, you can handle Kamala Khan's vision. You can handle the visual effects for Kamala Khan on, on that budget. You can handle the Moon Knight stuff on that budget. So what you get, you're not sacrificing production value. I don't really think very much at all. What you gain is you get to go much more in depth with these characters, so that that way, uh, whoever watches these shows will come out of it with a much better understanding of who these characters are, a stronger connection with who these characters are, so that that way, when you see them in the movies. You really, you're really caring about him that much more. Obviously, you would still care about him if you met him in a, in a solo movie. We've already seen that work in the MCU, but I think there are some very real benefits for some of these characters to be starting in a Disney Plus series. But we have one more to talk about, mm-hmm. and that is, I, I think, 
maybe the most shocking even more shocking than moon knight i would agree because with because of like corporate things and we'll talk about that in a second yes. too but when kevin feige announced the last series you know you've all seen the logo by now but before we got the logo in the room in hall d23 the camera's panning around i mean it's all cg or whatever obviously but it's panning around this statue of lady justice and there were like little bits of like green and purple kind of like almost like splashing on like little tiny little bits of paint like streaks of paint i think is what i recall there but i guess i i was thinking i was seeing lady justice and i'm like wait a minute this, i'm like it can't be daredevil and then like as i started seeing more of like the green and purple i was like wait a minute and then boom she hulk and i was like wow <laughs> i cheered out loud i mean i screamed like i did for all these shows but this one but this one even more so um yeah. you all know if you you've listened to the show by now unless this is your first episode in which case hi uh but for those of you who've been around you know i grew up a huge huge hulk fan and she hulk is part of that uh real quick she hulk is jennifer walters she became the Hulk because there was an accident and she needed an emergency blood transfusion and Bruce Banner just so happened to be the only one available with her blood type at that moment. Everybody knew it was a risk, but they did it anyway, and his gamma irradiated blood ended up having that effect on her. Although, I don't remember, I, don't, I think, I mean, they used to call her in her book the Savage She-Hulk, but for mm-hmm. most of her existence, really, Jennifer Walters is the She-Hulk. She's She-Hulk all the time, and she is more professor hulk style like she's got yes. her you know she is who she is she's not turning into the like this rage monster who can't be controlled uh who doesn't you know who completely loses her sense loses sense of herself and all the things that's not she hulk but you know this is a really fun really interesting character who i've loved for almost as long as i love the hulk but at the same time what's great about this character is when we talk about what kind of show is this going to be well, Jennifer Walters is an attorney, and so if you have this graphic panning around this statue of the Lady Justice right before you show the title of her show, I'm guessing we are going to get the legal aspect of her. Her legal mm-hmm. career is going to factor in this. I don't know if that means we're getting an actual legal drama starring She-Hulk or what it is. Obviously, there will be superhero action that will also be a part of it, but mm-hmm. if we're going to have the luxury of these Disney Plus series, not only do we get to work with all different types of characters, we get to tell, we get to tell all different types of stories, and you know what? A legal procedural, probably not the most exciting movie for somebody to go watch, but it can be a very exciting show, especially when you factor in the She-Hulk superhero stuff. So uh, I am absolutely thrilled to just even know of this series. All we know about this series right now is that it exists, uh, but that's enough for me to be really excited. This was, I think, the most shocking. Moon Knight was was a shock, but I knew that they the character was was going to be used for something because he's a he's a cult fit you know a cult favorite and he's uh someone that people loved and he's been you know he's been always you know a lot of people talking about him there was something to be said about him and, and whatever she hulk like you said i had no clue and i never i didn't think that would ever get it and there's i know we're gonna get into the legal or the whatever the ramifications well, here in a second i, I can sum it up real quick just to go ahead, go ahead, just yeah, go get ahead, it over go with so yeah, yeah. i know people are wondering how can marvel do this because marvel can't distribute solo hulk films right they can't that's why there are not solo hulk movies that's why the only one was the incredible hulk because it was pre-disney purchase and so obviously with the spider-man thing being separate and them sharing with sony just so they can have access to spider-man marvel doesn't need to work with universal in order to put the Hulk in team-ups or other people's films and all of those kinds of things, Hulk and related characters. 
They don't need to do that. They don't need to work with Universal for team-ups and other things. But if Marvel Studios were to make a Hulk solo movie, Universal would have the first right of refusal before it would go to Disney. And Universal would not refuse the opportunity to distribute a Marvel Studios movie. So basically, if Marvel Studios makes a Hulk movie... Universal would be the distributor, not Disney, which is why Marvel doesn't make Hulk solo movies. So that's what has people wondering, what does this mean? If if we get this She-Hulk series, does that mean that, that She-Hulk is not part of the Hulk license? I, I don't know what the... I don't have a copy of the licensing agreement or the distribution agreement between Marvel slash Disney slash Universal or whatever as it relates to the Hulk. I don't have a copy of it. I haven't read it. So I can't say that She-Hulk is or is not a part of it. So either she's not a part of it, and Marvel can do whatever they want with this, with She-Hulk, or she is part of it, but it only pertains to feature films. It doesn't pertain to television series or streaming series. And so if that's the case, then that's the loophole, because it's a Disney Plus streaming series. It's not a feature film, so Marvel can make it, and Disney can distribute it on their platform without Universal's involvement. It's one of those two scenarios. Either She-Hulk isn't part of the license, or she is, but the license is, is only restricted uh, to feature films. Yeah, and that's something that I was just kind of – that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, what? What does this mean exactly? But then, as we, when we talked about it on the, uh, we later got, I later got on the Discord, uh, Patreon or, or Patreon Discord we have, and I was talking to people on, online about that. And you were, had just gotten on uh, the voice channel talking to people, and I, I got on right at, literally right after you. Um, and we were talking about that for a while, and I'm like, man, what does this mean? It, it is really fascinating. It really is. And w- what I kind of came up with the idea is that. If Disney wanted to, they could potentially do this uh, or a Hulk, you know, just a Hulk TV series if they wanted to. But obviously, special effects for the giant Hulk right now aren't haven't caught up to where they're cheap enough to do a a series like this. Now, yeah, yeah, it, these these series are getting some money. They're not getting Hulk, Hulk money. <laughs> yeah, it, Hulk. That's good. I like yeah. Hulk money's good. I like that. Yeah. So, but with that being said, what does that mean for She Hulk? What? Is it going to be – how does CGI going to play in this? Now, it's, a, I, it's an actress who's been working out and is getting green makeup. I mean it's, I mean, it's Gamora style. I mean that's, that's gonna, my expectation. It's, we don't know, and that's what's really fascinating because different – obviously different interpretations of the character have existed in, mm-hmm. as far as how they draw her and whatnot. Sometimes she's very yeah. like how big she, how, yeah, yeah, how big she is in comparison to other heroes has varied. Yeah, and and obviously she's been like she's you know she's she's stout and but she's not always she's been like a Wonder Woman if you will like a little bit bigger a little bit taller than most mm-hmm. people but not like a giant. Well, as you know, talked about how she hasn't always been the rage monster in the recent last couple of years. They've definitely gone more of a Hulk route or kind of a mindless Hulk route. Like in the latest Avengers comics, she's a little at least as far as I know, she's a little more mindless um, at this point. And I'm, I haven't really been catching up with the Jason Aaron stuff, so I don't know. But they have they have introduced that, that side of her, and who knows if that's for a reason, you know, right? Sometimes right, the comics sure. pre, you know, can precurse that. You know, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But at the same time, with the Lady Justice, I think we're probably going to get more of the John Byrne kind of classic stuff. And speaking of John Byrne, I think this is where I would say, I think this is perfect because I don't know if She-Hulk would necessarily make her own movie. And, but, and and even as her own series have definitely waned over the years. And she hasn't exactly like similar to what I see. She's been more successful than an Ant-Man. She's been kind of Ant-Man like, 
where she mm-hmm. she's been able to support her book, but she's not really. It's like it kind of goes ebbs and flows a little bit. And they've tried. And but there's one thing I know, and I think we all would agree. She's definitely a fan favorite. People love the character. And I think, in my opinion, I think she's a a, a better just like Neymar, Neymar, whatever his name is. Uh, I think they are a better supporting cast characters than they are their yeah. own book. They can support their own book and their own film, but they're better as a more of a supporting like presence. And I think that Jennifer Walters is so perfect for the MCU mm-hmm. Avengers films. And, and also, and I want to say this right now too, don't counter out making appearances in the fantastic four because right? John Good Byrne, point also used her in the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and she replaced the thing. Now, I don't think she's going to replace anyone in the, in the Fantastic Four, but she was a lawyer and she was an active or not active. She was a reoccurring character dated Wyatt Wingfoot, a Fantastic Four character. Mm-hmm. So I think her, she's going to make an appearance. So I think there's, I think what they're doing is they're established. They're using the, again, the genius of the brilliance of using the MC, uh, MCU, uh, these Disney plus series, they're going to introduce a very great supporting character for the films in this. And that way, when they, she shows up in the films, people aren't like, who is she? Who is this person? Now, when they ask that, they can go, oh, Disney Plus, I can go watch that. And they'll watch it and they'll enjoy it. So I'm really excited because I think she. this is perfect to introduce the character and then put her in these films as a supporting character. And, and again, not, not only that is a bad thing. I think that's her strength as a character, a great supporting character. So I cannot wait to see her yeah. introduced. Well, yeah. And when well, she will, I mean, she'll probably be more supporting and team up type of player it, in yes. the movies, but mm-hmm. she will be the, the lead of her own series, which I think is great. And it, it mm-hmm. may also draw from Charles Soule's run uh, from a few years ago, which also focused on Jennifer Walter's status as an attorney. So um, like, yeah, I, I think there's going to pull from a lot of different things. I'm just, as yeah. I said, just, Super excited to know that this series even exists. I didn't know where things stood because that question has actually come up. I think it's come up on Q and A shows on the on the Patreon. The, Can they do a She Hulk series on Disney Plus? The answer before was I don't know. Now the answer is yes, and they're doing it, and so I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing about these new Disney Plus series before we talk about uh, the new de- the new details we got on the series we already that had already been announced. All of these logos were added to a Phase 4 graphic, not Phase 5. So I know Kevin Feige said that that they announced all the Phase 4 stuff, but I didn't really believe it at the time. (laughs) And so uh, not saying that uh, I don't trust Kevin. I trust Kevin Feige with a lot of things, but obviously certain things when they're trying to hold back announcements, uh, that's where we may not always get the whole truth. And so, uh, cause I don't even think he flat out actually said the words. He just said, maybe we'll add more stuff. Yeah. They're adding more stuff. Um, and so that these projects are all part of phase four. If you care about what phases, all of these things wow. are in and I tend to care. And I, I know a lot of you who are listening care. So let's it, talk, let's talk about the new yeah. stuff or, or I'm sorry, new details on existing mm. series. Mm. So first up we have Falcon and winter soldier. So Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan were there. So was Kerry Scoglin, the director, and uh, Malcolm Spellman, the lead writer on the series. So the new uh, announcements for Falcon and Winter Soldier were, and one of these things had already previously been reported, Emily Van Camp being back as Sharon Carter, uh, but also Wyatt Russell has been added to the cast to play John Walker. Who's that, Paul? U.S. Agent! Oh. <laughs> That's U.S. agent for those who can't, whose, whose hearing doesn't go up to that high of a pitch. But yes, U.S. agent 
is going to be in. Well, John Walker is in. They didn't use the U.S. agent name. They just said John Walker, but come on. It's it's Come on. Yeah, no. I mean, this, Paul, I mean, this makes all the sense in the world. Like, Sam has not yet settled into the, the role of Captain America, and maybe somebody else out there doesn't think it was up to Steve Rogers to decide who gets to be the new Captain America. And see, and this is where the brilliance of using John Walker in this, because again, I, I love the Mark Grunewald, the Captain run, where Steve Rogers rejects. Again, it's a great, great, great comic. Um, rejects, you know, the the Captain America costume and moniker, because he says, you know, when I I do not see eye to eye, I do not work for the government. I am my own man, very much like he is was in Civil War the movie, by the way. And that's why I love Captain Civil War. That's why I love Captain America in general. Anyway. Um, U.S. agent was introduced to replace Captain America in those comic books. Maybe we'll read them at some point. But anyway, he basically took over the the costume that Cap took uh, when he didn't want to be Captain America and became U.S. agent. And but he was Captain America for a short time. You hit on something, Sean, that I think is definitely going to be a reoccurring uh, thing in that series is that they're probably going to be saying, this is the Captain America we want. And he's mm-hmm. going to be a jerk because he is a jerk in the comics. He's not nice, but he still is a hero. He's not someone you can, you'll root against, but he's not someone you'll exactly root for in, essentially either. If that makes any sense, he's just, you know, whatever he will be a hero in the end, but he's definitely going to be a, an antagonist for, for Bucky and Sam. And I'm interested to see if like, there is going to be, I'm Captain America now, and this is why I'm the new super soldier. It's going to be a really cool a dynamic, I think, in the series. And you basically have the three Captain Americas in the comic books all in the series yeah. basically trying to be Captain America. It's going to be awesome. No, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really awesome. And, and I think this is a great set. I don't even know what this is yet, but I can just already see this coming into play. When you have Sam Wilson, clearly Sam is not – they didn't change the title of the show. So if, if they had changed the title of the show, they'd say, well, then Sam's going to be Cap right from the start. They didn't yeah. change the title of the show, which means Sam is not going to be Captain America right when this starts. Yes, he got the shield. Steve handed it to him. But they already showed him being reluctant to even accept it in Avengers Endgame. So we will probably see, even though he uh, you know, did the whole handshake with Steve and all of that and, and probably wishes he could take on the mantle like as Steve is wanting him to, there's going to be a part of Sam who has a lot of reverence for Steve and, and a, re- a lot of reverence for Cap who probably feels understandably that he's not worthy of doing it. I mean, the person who should be the next Captain America should never automatically feel worthy of being Captain America because well if you have that kind of ego, you're probably not the guy. And so I like this idea that of, of Sam not feeling worthy of it right away and there may be also being somebody else who... You know, if somebody else is tapping on the shoulder, hey, if Steve's gone, we need a new guy, and it should be this, it shouldn't be Sam. Who cares what Steve said? It should be this guy. We we like this guy better, and it's John Walker for whatever reason uh, that they want to get into for the show. And I think that would be really interesting. And of course, if John Walker goes rogue for any reason, that may be the thing for Sam to realize. Like, look, it's not just that Steve thought I was worthy of this; it's that Steve trusted me with this, and. Nobody else, if you know, and Steve is the the best judge of who should be trusted with the mantle of Captain America. And for Sam, if I don't take the mantle, 
then it's it's always going to be handed to somebody else. Like it needs to be me, and I need to I, I need to believe in myself that I deserve this, and also and also understand that Steve trusted me to do this. And I think that's a lot of fun. And I think there's a well, I mean, it can, there will be very fun moments because it's Anthony Mackie, but it's also just very emotionally rich and, and compelling. Yes. Uh, that I think would be real. It would be really great to see that play out. So I'm so excited about. This series, I mean, it's going to be a recurring thing of me being so excited about everything. I just can't hide it. No, I'm not doing that. Um, No, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, this one is about a year away, roughly, because it's supposed to be fall of 2020. But I just, I can't wait to see. As for Sharon Carter, I I mean, I know she kind of got a raw deal because uh, movie fans aren't comic book fans. So they didn't totally get and were largely grossed out by the kiss uh, between Sharon and Steve in, in Civil War. Um, which actually now plays even a little bit worse that since Steve actually went back and got with Peggy. Uh, but aside from that, I, I think this character, Sharon Carter actually has a big role in the comic books. It's not just about being a, a niece of Peggy Carter or a love interest for Steve Rogers. This is a character who really has her own stories in the comic books. And I think separate from Steve Rogers now, uh, who wouldn't be a part of, of this story. I mean, unless, I don't know, I, I don't expect Steve to be a... I mean, you never know with it's Marvel, so you never know who could cameo at any given time. But I mean, in terms of him actually being a featured player, he's not going to be a featured player in the story. And so that means Sharon Carter will have you know, her own space to have her own story told in this. And that can be really interesting as well. And I, I liked the casting of Emily Van Camp all the way back for Captain America Winter Soldier and thought she was good in that movie and good in her limited role in Civil War. But with a, a bigger, more fleshed out role in this one, I think she could surprise people who maybe haven't really been trained to expect much from this character just based on what they've seen in the movies. And who's to say, you know, maybe Sam and her ended up, you know, kind of like, you know, connecting over their friend, you know, and, and everything. So who knows? I mean, there's there's lots of interesting aspects. Sharon Carter is a big, big, big part of the Captain America mythos. And yeah. and, and the and shield the, mythos and other. like Yeah. She's... Yeah. So she's she, it's like she's a you know, I, I think it's only fitting that she's in it. And, you know, obviously they work together. They didn't really start like maybe hanging out, you know, romantically until like really the third film. I mean, they hinted at it, but she was obviously, you know, helping them and, and work with them. And, and I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be interesting what she does. And I, I think there's going to be really cool. There's, there's going to, there's going to be a cool shield dynamic, I think in the show. And this is besides moon Knight Now, this is probably my most anticipated show. This might be one of my favorite phase four or anything. I mean, honestly, this is, this is deep rooted, Paul Herman stuff right here. Yeah. This is like with Baron Zemo, US agent, Winter Soldier, Falcon, you know, Shield and Sharon Carter. I mean, come on, man. Like this is like you are just making my day. So I it's I can't wait. Like this was this is gonna be something to really go when we get deeper in the comics and deeper in the show, I cannot wait for that episode. So yeah, I'm really excited about all this. Well, the next one that we'll talk about is the Disney Plus series that I am currently most excited about, and that is WandaVision. Maybe Miss Marvel or She-Hulk could eventually overtake this one, but until we know more about those specific shows, right now it's WandaVision, because I've really enjoyed Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda. Obviously, Paul Bettany has been perfect. Well, first as Jarvis and then as Vision, and I love these two characters. I think they've been, I don't want to say underutilized, because they've had really great roles to play in the movies, but... We've known that there was more potential with these characters than the movies have had time to explore. And so I'm really excited about that. And as soon as we even knew that this series was going to exist, especially when we found out the title a few months ago, 
there's something about this that just seemed weird in the best way. And, you know, we talked about it. Um, we, we talked about Tom King's vision run on the Marvel Unlimited book club uh, a few months ago because uh, we've been talking about that run for years because it's great. It's an all-time great Marvel comic book run. I don't yes, care it that is. it's only a few years old. It is that good. And mm-hmm. so we talked about that, and we talked about how that could play potentially play a role here. And obviously there are a lot of stories with Wanda that would also play a role in this. And there's no specific series or run being adapted here. But when you look at the different pieces of material they can pull from, and it definitely feels like there's some Tom King stuff going on here. And even he's acknowledged that on Twitter uh, by seeing some mm. of the similarities here. Because the uh, Matt Shackman is directing, but uh, Jack Schaefer is the showrunner. She's the lead writer on this. And described and um, she described it as half sitcom, half MCU epic. And the way they introed the show at the expo was they had they had clips of the Dick Van Dyke show playing. And so as they were having as they were showing those clips, they were also showing they were kind of taking the dialogue out and well, or they were they were highlighting the dialogue in a very different way. They didn't just play the dialogue straight through the scenes. It was or they had that, but they were also going over it. Or, or they, what they were also laying over it. I know you're hearing sirens in the background. Sorry, everybody. But as they were uh, as they were laying that over, they had this very this very ominous kind of dialogue about uh, what if there's something wrong here. I mean, it's dialogue from the Dick Van Dyke show, but they were just play, the way they were cueing it up was to be very ominous. What if there's something wrong here? And like acting, you know, like the almost like the sitcom was kind of breaking apart, like there was static and all of this stuff. And so it, it gives you a hint at what the show is, and that. I don't. We we've talked about all the different theories for Wanda and Vision. I don't want to go back through all of that stuff and how Vision's there. Somehow or another, Wanda and or Vision are creating a life for themselves, and they're yep. creating a life based on the you know the what was the ideal American family or thought to be the ideal or pictured as characterized as the ideal family in the fifties is all sitcoms and stuff, and so that's what they're kind of seem to be basing their lives on, and it's you know it's all you know, leave it to Beaver and whatever else, but there's something very dark brewing underneath the surface, and it looks like it's going to be really weird, really weird, really twisted, but also really funny. Uh, Paul Bettany is a very funny guy. He doesn't get a chance to use as much of his humor in the Marvel films, but he's really funny on the press tours, and if you follow him on social media and other projects he's been a part of, um, you have, I think, Elizabeth Olsen. We haven't seen as much comedy from her, but I know that she's also really funny. But then you have some other really funny players in this that we found that we learned are going to be part of the show during D23. So Kat Dennings is going to be back as Darcy Lewis. Uh, Randall Park is going to be back as Agent James or Jimmy Woo, whom we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought Randall Park was the secret weapon and a show stealer in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought he was so great and so funny in that movie. I'm, I'm thrilled that he's back for this series. Uh, but also we have Catherine Hahn, who's going to be playing the nosy neighbor in WandaVision. Catherine Hahn is amazing. I love her. I am such a huge fan of Catherine Hahn. She's actually a really, really talented dramatic actress. It's not just her comedy, but she is absolutely hilarious. I mean, I know she's been, I mean, I remember the first time she caught my attention. I think anybody else's attention was in Step Brothers back in 2008. Uh, but she's been great in a lot of stuff, the Bad Moms movies, uh, but also as Jennifer Barkley in Parks and Recreation. She is 
absolutely hilarious. And so when they say half sitcom, half MCU epic, uh, I don't know what exactly they're going to do to make it an MCU epic. I'm just going to trust that that's going to happen. As I said, some of the ominous tones that were in that footage that they played. But when it comes to the the half sitcom portion of it, they've got a lot of funny people with this uh, attached to this show. This is going to be the the series that I'm just I have no idea what to expect. And I kind of love that. Yeah, that's what makes that it so I, great. I, yeah, I, and, <laughs> yeah, and it is. And again, you, we talk about, or not we, because we don't really say this, because we, we know better, I think, in my opinion. But a lot of people will criticize the MCU being like, it's the same movie all the time. Let them, yeah, it's the yeah. same. Well, it's, you know, they've they, all been we, wrong, and they continue to be wrong. But, but here's the good news. What's, what's, this stuff is all different. And I think that you can already tell with WandaVision, like, come, come on, man. Like, this is like, it's yeah. crazy. Like, this is straight up weird. And uh, on a Disney Plus show, I give Feige and, and, and Marvel Studios a lot of credit. I mean, it remains to be seen if it's going to be any good, but I have full faith in them. Have they let me down, really? No. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think that we're going to get something that's very unique, and it's, it's either going to hit or it's just going to yeah. go... You know, and again, yeah. I don't think it's gonna either. I think there's too much, there's too much rich stuff they can use, and I think there's gonna be too much that I think people are gonna relate to in this series, and I think grief is gonna be one of them. And mm-hmm. I really think that that's you know, it, you know, be honest. I work in a business where grief is very, it, it's very present, and it's unfortunate. And you know, when we deal with these things, like I think that we don't deal with them enough as people, and. I think with WandaVision, you're really going to see the the grief in, 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 a, in a way that someone with superpowers is going to deal with grief. And I think that that's really – and again, that's a whole that's what the whole vision run of Tom King really is. It's about that. Mm-hmm. I mean it really is if you think about it. It's about trying to you know make up for lost time and try to be something that – you know and, and all these bad things happening and trying to make the, the best out of them. And I think that there's – a lot to be done with that. And I, I, I it's obvious they're, they're borrowing from this vision series. It's very obvious. And I think that that's a good thing. And again, there's, we'll get into more details of, of what it means for the MCU going forward and what they're borrowing. And, you know, when we, we do that episode, you know, in, in, in later, but my point is now there's one thing we maybe haven't talked about yet. Sean mm. is the tease of the costume, the Scarlet witch costume in the series. That's exciting for me. I'm a costume junkie. I love costumes. Give me all the costumes. They tease it in the shadow of in as yeah. you see everything. You see the shadow of something, and it looks like you see the headpiece of the original Scarlet Witch. That is exciting for me. So, if we're getting OG Scarlet Witch, give it to me. That's <laughs> awesome. And it, like I said, we don't know because what I. I, I, there's a lot to be talked about in the series. I'm just going to say, I'm going to save it. So when we yeah. do our eventual episode, we'll save it. But that is, I'm going to tell you right now that the fact they're teasing the OG Scarlet Witch costume. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Kevin Feige. Yeah, if you don't know what Paul's referring to, there's a concept art poster that was done by Marvel Studios Director of Visual Development, the brilliantly talented, that's his full official job title, uh, Andy Park, <laughs> who uh, that was handed out. I missed it at the Disney Plus booth. I'm very mad about that. Uh, but anyway, he uh, he actually tweeted a, a picture of it. So 
it's very 50s sitcom. You see Wanda and Vision, but Vision, not like a superhero, looking like a regular human being, as he did in uh, in Scotland in Avengers Infinity War, but wearing a suit. And then, so it's them on the couch in front of the TV, but the you know, the light from the TV is projecting that, you know, it's causing their shadows to be on the wall behind them. And yes, you see what looks to be the, the headdress for Scarlet Witch. And then with Vision, you do actually see... Uh, they also show the Mind Stone. And what's weird about the way the placement of the Mind Stone is and the way I'm looking at this image is the fact that, you know, there's not a hole in Vision's head that should be, because it's light going through Vision's head that's a, that should be allowing, the that's giving off the appearance of the Mind Stone. It's a light in the middle of the, the forehead of this shadow, uh, which doesn't really belong there, which granted, there's no headdress that Wanda's wearing to create, to make her shadow look like that. But... The Mind Stone, I think, is the whole kind of key to this because there is no Mind Stone in the present day MCU. And so even though I said I wasn't going to talk about it briefly, how is Vision going to be brought back? Is Wanda making him up? Is he not even there? Is Wanda, has Shuri saved her work and fixed him and just handed him back to Wanda? Or did Wanda make up the gap? Did Wanda close the gap literally in Vision's head? Did she synthesize a Mind Stone or the powers of the Mind Stone, just replicate that using her powers, which are derived from the Mind Stone? Uh, it could be that. Or maybe if, uh, when we talk about the idea of grief and everything else, another thought that occurred to me over the weekend, because I had a lot of time in line for these panels to, to think about these kinds of things, if, is what if Vision's not, uh, you know, what if the whole idea here is that Vision is still alive, but all of this is a projection for his benefit? Because maybe he can't move, maybe he can't do anything. So Wanda is, we know she's got her mental manipulation powers from Age of Ultron that we haven't seen since then. Uh, maybe something like that is in play here. I don't know. What I love about this series, though, is I don't know. I just know that I love the pieces, the players that are involved in this series. I love that it seems like it's going to be very, very weird, very unusual, uh, a little bit twisted. And that's what I love about it. And I, I'm sure that Marvel Studios will find... A, a truly compelling story in here. So it won't just be, hey, look how weird this show is. Isn't it great? Well, no, it's going to be weird, but it's also going to be a great show. It's also going to be telling a great story. I don't think they're going to forget to do that in the middle of all this, uh, of all the weird fun that we're going to be having. But yeah, can't wait for WandaVision. So we didn't really find out that much more about Loki. They did have uh, director Kate Heron uh, there, as well as the head writer, Michael Waldron, um, I I was there, but I'm still not. I don't remember getting any brand new details about Loki, really. Um, so I think for Loki, everything is pretty much uh, pretty much status quo. They just talked more about the stuff we already knew that this is Loki who picked up the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. Uh, so not really a whole lot of new information to react to there. We did get in the room a little sizzle reel for What If. So they had uh, director Brian Andrews and head writer Ashley Bradley there. So in the sizzle reel. We actually got to look at the one episode that has been teased. We saw a bunch of other stuff too, but what we saw the most of was the Captain Carter what if, where Peggy Carter actually is the one who gets the super soldier serum, and then she's wearing, uh, she's got her, she almost looks like Captain Britain, but Kevin Feige was calling her Captain Carter, so as probably so as not to be confused with the actual Captain Britain from the comics, but having kind of the Union Jack logo on the shield, that just looked really cool. And what was also really cool about it is we saw Steve Rogers in this Howard Stark created armor that almost looked not just not just Iron Man esque, but it almost looked Iron Giant esque because it's really big armor. So I mean, this is the 1940s, so it it's not going to be super sleek as uh, or as sleek as Tony's designs, but it's almost uh, 
It reminded me almost a cross between Mark One and, and Iron Giant, but it was a really great look, and all of that was super rad. And then you also have uh, there were some other things that we saw in the sizzle reel that were a, a lot of fun besides this episode um, of Peggy getting the Super Soldier Serum and and Steve basically being a, a 1940s Iron Man. Uh, we saw a clip where it looked like T'Challa was Star Lord on Morag, which looked really cool, really crazy. So I don't know. I don't even know what the what if scenario is on that. I mean, is it something where I guess maybe T'Challa is, um, yeah, I don't know how T'Challa, and I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, it went by pretty fast, but I'm pretty sure I, sure I saw T'Challa as Star-Lord as one of these what if scenarios. That's uh, what I heard, yeah. And so that was really cool. But I mean, there was uh, other stuff. There was like Bucky tracking down a zombie cap uh, that looked really cool. I mean, there's just so many cool little things that just kind of flash by. But the, the coolest thing for me, though, I mean, it was Captain Carter and uh, Steve Rogers. And I said, that design, it just looks so cool. And there was one where, uh, you know, Cap or, or Steve, I should say, was flying in the armor and like Peggy was riding along on the armor. And it just felt very, as I said, almost across that that whole design almost has this very this this look to it that is almost that Mark One slash Iron Giant type of thing. And tonally, it almost felt... Uh, a little Iron Giant-esque. Obviously, I know the relationship dynamic is very different between Steve and Peggy, uh, but for what if it looked, uh, all that stuff looked really cool, and I, I can't wait to see more of it. There is a lot of potential with this animated series and a lot of fun. I'm a giant fan of the original What If comics. Uh, mostly the 90s stuff. That's the stuff that I grew up uh, reading and buying at the store. And I love it. I love that kind of stuff. I love the idea of <laughs> T'Challa being uh, Star-Lord. And that's the kind of stuff that's – and obviously Captain Carter. I think someone – was it, did they officially announce her as Captain Britain? No, Kevin Fe- someone... no, no, no. Kevin Feige called her Captain Carter. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and, okay, fair but, enough. And I, and I think the whole reason for that, though, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, there is a Captain Britain in Marvel Comics. So I don't exactly. think they want – I don't think they want to confuse it. Yeah, I, I didn't think I thought that too, but people were calling her that. And I thought that was interesting. No, people that... just called her that because of the the costume that she was wearing. But Kevin Feige very clearly called her Captain Carter, and I believe he did multiple times. Excellent. So that's the stuff I love. What if about alternate costumes, different, you know, just different ideas on takes on these characters that are a lot more fun, but in the same vein of the MCU. Again, bringing in like. Again, like T'Challa being Star-Lord. It's a really nutty, zany idea, and it'll be fun to watch and how that all plays out. It's a really – that kind of stuff is the best, and give it to me, and give it to me all. And I I cannot wait to dive into that series when it comes out. So that'll be – yeah, it's 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 a it's a kind of a shame. It's animation, but you couldn't really do it live action, obviously. Too expensive, but – I, I love it, and I, I I cannot wait for the, the watch this series. So this is a, I'm actually looking for, more forward to this than the Loki series, to be honest. So I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them. The rankings don't really matter. I mean, I do have Wandavision as kind of my my top spot, but everything else is is tied for second, and really not that far behind first place. All this stuff just sounds super cool to me, and and Disney Plus just sounds, I mean, ridiculously fun, and I mean, and that's. This is just the Marvel stuff. I mean, we're we're a Marvel show. We're not even talking about Mandalorian and Obi Wan and all that. I mean, there's Disney Plus is a really awesome service, and I'm happy to uh, to already be signed up. I'm committed for three years for Disney Plus, so this stuff better be good. So <laughs> I'm already mm-hmm. signed up to watch all these shows. So, but I'm it's Marvel Studios, so they're going to deliver. Uh, let's transition over to the movies now. We only had 
One new movie announced during the uh, Walt Disney Studios presentation on Saturday at D23, and that is Black Panther 2. Uh, Kevin Feige brought Ryan Coogler out on stage, asked him if he wanted to reveal the title. No. Does he want to reveal how the movie opens? No. Does he want to reveal who the villain is? No. Uh, but we did get the release date, which is May 6, 2022. I didn't, in the room at, the, at that moment, I didn't necessarily love being teased with a few things that weren't at all going to be revealed. It's not a shock. We knew Black Panther 2 was probably going to be out on one of Marvel's three release dates in 2022. Not surprised at all to see it take the May release date. That first weekend in May, that is the, the flagship Marvel release date. It has been since Iron Man all the way back in 2008 when this whole thing started. And Black Panther being as successful as it was. Now, Black Panther proved in February of last year, doesn't matter when you put a movie out. It's going, you know, if, you, if you've got the goods, and Marvel Studios does, and they really did, and the rankings don't really matter. I mean, I do have WandaVision as kind of my, my top spot, but everything else is, is tied for second and really not that far behind first place. All this stuff just sounds super cool to me. And, and Disney Plus just sounds, I mean, ridiculously fun. And, I mean, and that's, this is just the Marvel stuff. I mean, we're, we're a Marvel show. We're not even talking about Mandalorian and Obi-Wan and all that. I mean, there's, Disney Plus is a really awesome service, and I'm happy to, uh, to already be signed up. I'm committed for three years for Disney Plus, so this stuff better be good. So <laughs> I'm already mm-hmm. signed up to watch all these shows, so, but I'm, it's Marvel Studios, so they're going to deliver. Uh, let's transition over to the movies now. We only had one new movie announced during the uh, Walt Disney Studios presentation on Saturday at D23, and that is Black Panther 2. Uh, Kevin Feige brought Ryan Coogler out on stage, asked him if he wanted to reveal the title. No. Does he want to reveal how the movie opens? No. Does he want to reveal who the villain is? No. Uh, but we did get the release date, which is May 6, 2022. I didn't, in the room at, the, at that moment, I didn't necessarily love being teased with a few things that weren't at all going to be revealed. It's not a shock. We knew Black Panther 2 was probably going to be out on one of Marvel's three release dates in 2022. Not surprised at all to see it take the May release date. That first weekend in May, that is the, the flagship Marvel release date. It has been since Iron Man all the way back in 2008 when this whole thing started. And Black Panther being as successful as it was. Now, Black Panther proved in February of last year, doesn't matter when you put a movie out. It's going, you know, if, you, if you've got the goods, and Marvel Studios does, and they really did with Black Panther, that it's going to make a bunch of money. They don't have to be tied to summer release dates. But at the same time, now that Black Panther is, it's the, it's the highest grossing solo superhero film in history, Marvel Studios or otherwise, uh, certainly it's now at a place where it's it deserves that uh, that top date. Not that, it, I mean, you could have done that, had that release date with the very first Black Panther movie, but they already had Infinity War set up. Uh, but it makes sense for Marvel Studios. They know that this is a big thing. And if this is kind of going to be the anchor of 2022 to put it on that May release date, uh, makes a lot of sense. I just wish uh, that we got to know more about it. And I hope we find out, uh, we find out more soon. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, and they said that they didn't want to reveal a title, but they put two next to it. Is this the, the, the other series that Marvel does a sequel, like two, three no, besides no. Iron Man? Uh, Kevin Feige did say specifically that Black Panther 2 is not the title of the movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I and, the, and the press okay. release had it there for, uh, for working titles. Yeah, it's, it is absolutely not Black Panther 2. They're not pretending that they, that they haven't revealed the title when they really have. It's going to be Black Panther something, uh, but it's not going to be Black Panther 2. Um, I know that there were some, real quickly, just to address the idea that I know 
Well, some people said it was confirmed that Marvel Studios was going to announce three movies uh, on Saturday. It was never confirmed. Anybody who said that was lying to you. Uh, but, and maybe you don't listen to them anymore. But for anybody else, like, I know for myself, I thought they were going to. It wasn't confirmed, but I thought they would fill in those three 2022 uh, release dates, and they only filled in one of them. There's still one in February, and there's still one in July of that year. I thought they would fill in those three blanks, but I don't mind that they didn't because even though we didn't get as many movies announced as maybe some people thought or hoped or said was confirmed and wasn't, we still got these three Disney Plus series, which we didn't expect. So we still got a lot of Marvel Studios announcements throughout D23, even even if it didn't happen in exactly the place or exactly the way uh, that we thought it would in terms of new projects being announced. So I don't mind that they that they kept it to Black Panther 2. And then this just gives us more news to discover elsewhere. And, and I don't know when we get that. I don't know if things get uh, announced over the course of this year. Or maybe they try and bottle all of this up until Comic-Con next year. And they have another epic Hall H panel like they had last month. I don't know what the plan is from here. But I don't think they shortchanged anybody uh, in terms of announcements over the course of the weekend on D23. And not just the Marvel stuff, but just overall from that studio's presentation... It really was more about showing and not telling. They showed a lot of exclusive footage in the room. Not all of it was Marvel because obviously Marvel's only been shooting Black Widow to this point. But that's what the kind of the whole idea of that panel was really showing the people who were there a lot of exclusive stuff and delivering more of the experience, not so much uh, making a bunch of news. Because you go across all the other Disney branches during the studios panel and you didn't see a lot of announcements from the other branches either. Um, it really was more about showing what they've got and what's coming up much more uh, immediately. Uh, speaking of which, Marvel uh, Marvel did bring out some stuff for Eternals as Black as well as Black Widow. Let's talk about the Eternals first. So we had three new additions to the cast that were announced. A couple of these were previously reported. Uh, all of them actually were previously reported ahead of the panel, although one of them wasn't connected specifically to Eternals. So you have Gemma Chan, who is returning to the MCU. She played Minerva earlier this year in Captain Marvel. But she was covered in blue makeup, so I guess people, nobody's worried about, nor should they be, of audiences being confused that this is somehow the same character. Uh, so Gemma Chan is going to be playing Circe in The Eternals, which makes a ton of sense. I think this is perfect casting. I even said at one point, on, I don't know if it was a Patreon show or off, an office hour session earlier this year, which is what we do on our uh, Discord community that's uh, exclusive to our Patreon, where I even said, you know, it's a shame that Gemma Chan already played Minerva because she's perfect for Circe. And then it wasn't too long after that that we had heard reports that Gemma Chan was actually going to be in Eternals. And now here she is playing this character that she's perfect for. We also have Barry Kagan, who was in Dunkirk as well as uh, Chernobyl on HBO earlier this year. He is playing Druig, who is described as an aloof loner. This may be the antagonist of the film or one of the antagonists in the movie, because Druig certainly was in a comic book storyline that we're going to be uh, talking about on our Patreon. More on that in just a moment. And then Kit Harrington, Jon Snow himself, is playing Dane Whitman. And uh, the news about Kit Harrington's involvement in a Marvel movie broke the day before this panel, uh, but nobody knew what project he was a part of or what character he was playing. Now we know Kit Harrington is in Eternals. He's playing Dane Whitman. And Kevin Feige acknowledged in an interview after the presentation that this is a character who could potentially have a future in the MCU. Paul, who's Dane Whitman? He is the Black Knight. And for the record, there's also multiple Black Knights in the Marvel continuity. So he is, like he said, Dane Whitman. He is not the villain Black Knight that was introduced in the early Avengers comics. So uh, do not get them confused. But 
he's a very interesting character. And like, there's, we talked about, uh, it was funny cause I, I, I saw that and immediately thought if he's black Knight, that makes sense because he has a love interest. He's a love interest for Cersei mm-hmm. and they had back in the nineties and even before then, I, I didn't read a lot of Avengers comics before the nineties. I read a, a little bit back then. Uh, I call it the nineties, the dark ages for the dark times for her Avengers comics. Cause they weren't necessarily the most, uh, bright book, if you will. But, uh, Dane Whitman, black Knight and Cersei were front and center of that nineties team for a number of years. And their, their romance was prevalent throughout. And so what's really fascinating is that I, and again, I'm not, I like black Knight a lot mm-hmm. straight up. And, uh, which by the way, I have a figure. Thanks to you, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. So what I'm very interested in is I think I think this Dane Whitman character, I believe he's not immortal, but he's from like the King these Knight Arthur or the King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table. I believe that's where he stems from. And like I don't know if he like gets a you know, falls asleep and wakes up. I forgot what happens to him, but he is definitely a he's from the past. So he's lived a long time essentially. So he has, there is a connection. You could say there, they might have a connection already and they just reconnect in the future in this Eternals film. And because he's not an Eternal and he's not someone that is. But in the MCU, maybe he is. Maybe he is. And I, and, but I, but at the, at the same time, didn't Kevin Feige say he's not Eternal? Um, I he might have, sworn, I'm not sure. He might, again, don't quote me on it or quote me on it and you yell at me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty. Rankings don't really matter. I mean, I do have WandaVision as kind of my, my top spot, but everything else is, is tied for second and really not that far behind first place. All this stuff just sounds super cool to me. And, and Disney Plus just sounds, I mean, ridiculously fun. And I mean, and that's, this is just the Marvel stuff. I mean, we're, we're a Marvel show. We're not even talking about Mandalorian and Obi-Wan and all that. I mean, there's. Disney Plus is a really awesome service, and I'm happy to uh, to already be signed up. I'm committed for three years for Disney Plus, so this stuff better be good. So <laughs> I'm already mm-hmm. signed up to watch all these shows. So, but I'm it's Marvel Studios, so they're going to deliver. Uh, let's transition over to the movies now. We only had one new movie announced during the uh, Walt Disney Studios presentation on Saturday at D23, and that is Black Panther Two. Uh, Kevin Feige brought Ryan Coogler out on stage, asked him if he wanted to reveal the title. No. Does he want to reveal how the movie opens? No. Does he want to reveal who the villain is? No. Uh, but we did get the release date, which is May 6, 2022. I didn't, in the room at, the, at that moment, I didn't necessarily love being teased with a few things that weren't at all going to be revealed. It's not a shock. We knew Black Panther 2 was probably going to be out on one of Marvel's three release dates in 2022. Not surprised at all to see it take the May release date. That first weekend in May, that is the the flagship Marvel release date. It has been since Iron Man all the way back in 2008 when this whole thing started. And Black Panther being as successful as it was. Now, Black Panther proved in February of last year, doesn't matter when you put a movie out. It's going, you know, if, you, if you've got the goods, and Marvel Studios does, and they really did with Black Panther, that it's going to make a bunch of money. They don't have to be tied to summer release dates. But at the same time, now that Black Panther is, it's the, it's the highest grossing solo superhero film in history, Marvel Studios or otherwise, uh, certainly it's now at a place where it's it deserves that uh, that top date. Not that, it, I mean, you could have done that, had that release date with the very first Black Panther movie, but they already had Infinity War set up. Uh, but 
it makes sense for Marvel Studios. They know that this is a big thing, and if this is kind of going to be the anchor of 2022 to put it on that May release date, uh, makes a lot of sense. I just wish uh, that we got to know more about it, and I hope we find out uh, we find out more soon. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, and they said that they didn't want to reveal the title, but they put two next to it. Is this the 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 other series that Marvel does a sequel like two three no, besides no. Iron Man? Uh, Kevin Feige did say specifically that Black Panther two is not the title of the movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I and, the, not, and the press okay. release had it there for uh, for working Fair titles. Enough. Yeah, it's it is absolutely not Black Panther two. They're not pretending that they that they haven't revealed the title when they really have. It's going to be Black Panther something, uh, but it's not going to be Black Panther two. Um, I know that there were some real quickly just to address the idea that I know. Well, some people said it was confirmed that Marvel Studios was going to announce three movies uh, on Saturday. It was never confirmed. Anybody who said that was lying to you. Uh, but and maybe you don't listen to them anymore. But for anybody else, like I, mean, I know for myself, I thought they were going to. It wasn't confirmed, but I thought they would fill in those three 2022 uh, release dates, and they only filled in one of them. There's still one in February, and there's still one in July of that year. I thought they would fill in those three blanks, but I don't mind that they didn't because even though we didn't get as many movies announced as maybe some people thought or hoped or said was confirmed and wasn't, we still got these three Disney Plus series, which we didn't expect. So we still got a lot of Marvel Studios announcements throughout D23, even if it didn't happen in exactly the place or exactly the way uh, that we thought it would in terms of new projects being announced. So... I don't mind that they that they kept it to Black Panther 2, and then this just gives us more news to discover elsewhere, and, and I don't know when we get that. I don't know if things get uh, announced over the course of this year, or maybe they try and bottle all of this up until Comic-Con next year, and they have another epic Hall H panel like they had last month. I don't know what the plan is from here, but I don't think they shortchanged anybody. Uh, in terms of announcements over the course of the weekend on D23. And not just the Marvel stuff, but just overall from that studio's presentation, it really was more about showing and not telling. They showed a lot of exclusive footage in the room. Not all of it was Marvel, because obviously Marvel's only been shooting Black Widow to this point, but that's what the... Kind of the whole idea of that panel was really showing the people who were there a lot of exclusive stuff and delivering more of the experience, not so much uh, making a bunch of news because you go across all the other Disney branches during the studio's panel and you didn't see a lot of announcements from the other branches either. Um, it really was more about showing what they've got and what's coming up much more uh, immediately. Uh, speaking of which, Marvel at, uh, Marvel did bring out some stuff for Eternals as Black as well as Black Widow. Let's talk about the Eternals first. So we had three new additions to the cast that were announced. A couple of these were previously reported. Uh, all of them actually were previously reported ahead of the panel, although one of them wasn't connected specifically to Eternals. So you have Gemma Chan, who is returning to the MCU. She played Minerva earlier this year in Captain Marvel, but she was covered in blue makeup. So I guess people, nobody's worried about, nor should they be, of audiences being confused that this is somehow the same character. Uh, so Gemma Chan is going to be playing Cersei in The Eternals, which makes a ton of sense. I think this is perfect casting. I even said at one point, on, I don't know if it was a Patreon show or off, an office hour session earlier this year, which is what we do on our uh, Discord community that's uh, exclusive to our Patreon, where I even said... You know, it's a shame that Gemma Chan already played Minerva because she's perfect for Cersei. And then it wasn't too long after that that we had heard reports that Gemma Chan was actually going to be in Eternals. And now here she is playing this character that she's perfect for. We also have Barry Kagan, who was in Dunkirk as well as uh, Chernobyl on HBO earlier this year. He is playing Druig, who is described as an aloof loner. 
this may be the antagonist of the film or one of the antagonists in the movie because Druig certainly was in a comic book storyline that we're going to be uh, talking about on our Patreon. More on that in just a moment. And then Kit Harrington, Jon Snow himself, is playing Dane Whitman. And uh, the news about Kit Harrington's involvement in a Marvel movie broke the day before this panel, uh, but nobody knew what project he was a part of or what character he was playing. Now we know Kit Harrington is in Eternals. He's playing Dane Whitman, and Kevin Feige acknowledged in an interview after the presentation that this is a character who could potentially have a future in the MCU. Paul, who's Dane Whitman? He is the Black Knight. And for the record, there's also multiple Black Knights in the Marvel continuity. So he is, like he said, Dane Whitman. He is not the villain Black Knight that was introduced in the early Avengers comics. So uh, do not get them confused. But... He's a very interesting character, and, like, there's – we talked about uh, – it was funny because I, I, I saw that and immediately thought, if he's Black Knight, that makes sense because he has a love interest. He's a love interest for Cersei, mm-hmm. and they had – back in the 90s, and even before then, I, I didn't read a lot of Avengers comics before the 90s. I read a, a little bit back then. Uh, and I call it the 90s the dark ages for – the dark times for Avengers comics because they weren't – necessarily the most uh, bright book, if you will. But uh, Dane Whitman, Black Knight, and Cersei were front and center of that 90s team for a number of years, and their their romance was prevalent throughout. And so what's really fascinating is that, I, and again, I'm not, I like Black Knight a lot, mm-hmm. straight up. And, uh, which by the way, I have a figure, thanks to you, Sean, thank you. Yeah, uh, no Yeah, so what I'm very interested in is I think, I think this Dane Whitman character, I believe he's not immortal, but he's from like the King, these Knight Arthur or the King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table. I believe that's where he stems from. And like, I don't know if he like gets a, you know, falls asleep and wakes up. I forgot what happens to him, but he is definitely a, he's from the past. So he's lived a long time essentially. So he has, there is a connection. You could say there, they might have a connection already, and they just reconnect in the future in this Eternals film. And because he's not an Eternal and he's not someone that is. But in the MCU, maybe he is. Maybe he is. And I, and, but I, but at the, at the same time, didn't Kevin Feige say he's not Eternal? Um, I he might have. I'm not sure. He might. Again, don't quote me on it or quote me on it and you can yell at me if I'm wrong. But I'm. Pre- the rankings don't really matter. I mean, I do have WandaVision as kind of my, my top spot, but everything else is, is tied for second and really not that far behind first place. All this stuff just sounds super cool to me. And, and Disney Plus just sounds, I mean, ridiculously fun. And I mean, and that's. This is just the Marvel stuff. I mean, we're we're a Marvel show. We're not even talking about Mandalorian and Obi Wan and all that. I mean, there's Disney Plus is a really awesome service, and I'm happy to uh, to already be signed up. I'm committed for three years for Disney Plus, so this stuff better be good. So <laughs> I'm already mm-hmm. signed up to watch all these shows. So, but I'm it's Marvel Studios, so they're going to deliver. Uh, let's transition over to the movies now. We only had. One new movie announced during the uh, Walt Disney Studios presentation on Saturday at D23, and that is Black Panther 2. Uh, Kevin Feige brought Ryan Coogler out on stage, asked him if he wanted to reveal the title. No. Does he want to reveal how the movie opens? No. Does he want to reveal who the villain is? No. Uh, but we did get the release date, which is May 6, 2022. I didn't, in the room at, the, at that moment, I didn't necessarily love being teased with a few things that weren't at all going to be revealed. It's not a shock. We knew Black Panther 2 was probably going to be out on one of Marvel's three release dates in 2022. 
Not surprised at all to see it take the May release date. That first weekend in May, that is the the flagship Marvel release date. It has been since Iron Man all the way back in 2008 when this whole thing started. And Black Panther being as successful as it was. Now, Black Panther proved in February of last year, doesn't matter when you put a movie out. It's going, you know, if, you, if you've got the goods, and Marvel Studios does, and they really did with Black Panther, that it's going to make a bunch of money. They don't have to be tied to summer release dates. But at the same time, now that Black Panther is, it's the, it's the highest grossing solo superhero film in history, Marvel Studios or otherwise, uh, certainly it's now at a place where it's it deserves that uh, that top date. Not that, it, I mean, you could have done that, had that release date with the very first Black Panther movie, but they already had Infinity War set up. Uh, but it makes sense for Marvel Studios. They know that this is a big thing, and if this is kind of going to be the anchor of 2022 to put it on that May release date, uh, makes a lot of sense. I just wish uh, that we got to know more about it, and I hope we find out uh, we find out more soon. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, and they said that they didn't want to reveal a title, but they put two next to it. Is this the 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 other series that Marvel does a sequel like two three no, besides no. Iron uh, Man? Kevin Feige did say specifically that Black Panther two is not the title of the movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I and the, and the press okay. release had it there for uh, for working titles. So yeah, it's it is absolutely not Black Panther two. They're not pretending that they that they haven't revealed the title when they really have. It's going to be Black Panther something, uh, but it's not going to be Black Panther two. Um, I know that there were some real quickly just to address the idea that I know. Well, some people said it was confirmed that Marvel Studios was going to announce three movies uh, on Saturday. It was never confirmed. Anybody who said that was lying to you. Uh, but and maybe you don't listen to them anymore. But for anybody else, like I know for myself, I thought they were going to. It wasn't confirmed, but I thought they would fill in those three 2022 uh, release dates, and they only filled in one of them. There's still one in February, and there's still one in July of that year. I thought they would fill in those three blanks, but I don't mind that they didn't because even though we didn't get as many movies announced as maybe some people thought or hoped or said was confirmed and wasn't, we still got these three Disney Plus series, which we didn't expect. So we still got a lot of Marvel Studios announcements throughout D23, even if it didn't happen in exactly the place or exactly the way uh, that we thought it would in terms of new projects being announced. So... I don't mind that they that they kept it to Black Panther 2, and then this just gives us more news to discover elsewhere, and, and I don't know when we get that. I don't know if things get uh, announced over the course of this year, or maybe they try and bottle all of this up until Comic-Con next year, and they have another epic Hall H panel like they had last month. I don't know what the plan is from here, but I don't think they shortchanged anybody uh, in terms of announcements over the course of the weekend on D23, and not just the 